Welcome back guys and in this episode we're going to be really focusing on our fan series. So this is the first episode of the fan series and this is more so in talking in depth with fans about their club and also fan pages and podcasts out there and just letting them have a chat about what they do and their journey and things like that. Today on episode one I'm very glad to welcome Troy Warner from the Para Cave podcast and a lot of people probably knowing from the Para run last year is in all the the TV shows he's famous now in his para cave para merchandise everywhere and we have a deep dive with Troy in terms of where his journey went from fan on the hill all the way through to a para uh, cave podcast now which I think a lot of people out there do know so if you haven't already please go ahead give um, Troy a, a subscribe and a like para cave podcast if you haven't done so yet for us league of inches we're available on Instagram Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome back. And just a real big quick shout-out to everyone so far to start the year. Channel's back underway after a bit of a hiatus, and we really appreciate all the support we're getting here at League of Inches. And a massive shout-out to our first guest of our first new series of, of the year, uh, one of a couple that will have out there and it's more sort of to focus on the fans I guess and and fan pages out there me personally obviously having a page myself but I try and be around a lot of the clubs I love the coming down into it and talking to the um, people that run these pages for all their teams and how passionate they are and the stories that they all have uh, for their teams and same with with fans as well so this series is all about getting the fans point of view for just their club alone so we won't, we won't be do, do, uh, delving into any of the issues currently in the NRL and all those sorts of things or the games. It'll just be that focused on that team. So, Troy, really appreciate you you're coming on. You've got everyone by now probably knows who you are. You've got the Paracave in the background for those watching on the video. Um, the Paracave podcast, Troy looks after and runs. If you haven't already yet, I, I tell you, even if you're not a Para fan, you didn't need to check these out. I love them. I love listening to them. It makes makes my week every time I get to, to listen in. Troy, you do a marvellous job. I know you're a passionate paraman. Um, for those quickly, I know you've got a bit there in the background for your, your screen, but if you're not watching, you can find the Parapodcave podcast on YouTube, Facebook, everywhere your podcasts are, which basically everywhere these days. Do you want to quickly give a shout-out to where you can find your, your podcasts? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much, Joel, for having me on uh, your show. I know you've been a guest on the Paracave podcast previously, so uh, very happy to return the favour. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for having me. You're doing a great job yourself uh, covering the great game that we both love, Rugby League. Um, in terms of myself, uh, the Paracave podcast, uh, it can be found on Spotify, Apple, um, Google Podcasts or any other podcast platform, um, YouTube as well, putting a few videos up there uh, from time to time of uh, little clips um, and breaking each episode up into like two parts so people can watch them as well. Um, and I've actually just recently delved into the world of TikTok as well. So I've put the, the podcast on uh, TikTok as well. So uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, so it's all over the place. So uh, we'll see how that goes. My apologies, I'm not on TikTok. Sorry, so <laughs> I don't, I wasn't sure of that platform there. But 
look out. You can see Troy doing his dancing now on on the platform, which would be fantastic to watch. Look, wanted to obviously this one's about the fans and about your team, which clearly you can tell it's the Parramatta Reels and a bit of bias. It's my, it's my team as well. But how long have you supported Para and and why did you choose Para? Okay, so um, goes back to 1986. Um, so what's that? 37 years now. So as you and I and Many other para fans get reminded. That's how long it's been since we've last won a competition. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for the reminder. So it's uh, pretty etched in my head anyway because that's when I started following Parramatta because my first vivid memory of watching the Eels was the 1986 grand final um, on the on the lounge in the PJs. Um, used to get up uh, – well, that year anyway, and years afterwards, as a kid, used to get up at, in the morning. I think uh, President's Cup or under-23s, as it was back then, was um, about 10 o'clock kickoff, I think, and then your reserve grade was about midday, and then I think the main game was at 3 o'clock. So uh, in the PJ, just sat on the on the couch and watched it all, all day. Uh, the reason why I supported Parramatta is um, so – Mum and Dad weren't really sports fans. Um, uh, I mean, they liked a little bit of sport, but they weren't really into sport as much as what I am in today or um, any other sort of parents out there as well. But uh, the way it goes is my when Mum and Dad were together, my um, Dad used to have a mate come over, as you do. every. He used to come over once a week, sometimes twice a week, just to visit, hang out. And... Uh, he was from Guildford, so right in the heart of Parramatta Territory, and he uh, he was obviously a Parramatta supporter, so he used to talk to Dad about it a little bit here and there, about the, you know, the good times would be like, yeah, go Parramatta and all this, and then uh, the not-so-good times would be like, ah, oh, bloody Parramatta, and okay. the frustrations that uh, I'm sure you and I have had uh, many over the years. Um so I guess as a eight-year-old kid, it sort of probably just stuck in the head. I guess um, he was talking Parramatta Eels all the time, and um, I've lived in Penrith pretty much all my life, so um, that's a bit of a bit of a funny uh, thing as to why I go for Parramatta. But uh, yeah, so he went for Parramatta. He talked about Parramatta and stuck in the head and pick and stick, and yeah, here I am today. The the rest is history and, and look at look at you going now. So a, a massive uh, para fan, obviously. And when you first started, you obviously had the likes of Sturlo, Price. The the list goes on. Kenny, any player in particular stood out to you um, in that time when you first started going for the Eels? Yeah. So um, I always say this in those early days, it was probably Sturlo um, that I probably found to be my favourite player. Um, my first Eels jersey from 86 had a seven on the back um, and one a few years later had a six on it, uh, but more, more a Sturlo fan. Um, and then he retired in 92 due to injury. And uh, then it was probably, there probably wasn't a real favourite player from then. It was probably a couple here and there. Um, and then it probably moved on to Hindy uh, when he started. Yeah. I think that's that's a lot of para fans. I think it's more of a respect thing with Hindmarsh as well in a way is that 
sort of what he went through at the club at that time as well. And I, I, I know early on he had a little bit of success, but he was there for some really lean years and he just continued to to be the, the front and centre of the club for some time. And I think so many people, Para fans and probably just NRL fans in general respect the guy. And he's always that one everyone thinks of straight away when you think about the players who haven't won that premiership and you just wish there was a way just to get in, get in one. He's a, a club legend for mine and I think he's really, really up there when it's when you talk about the greatest of all time, the Eels. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, even though the players that came before um, uh, before him and, be- like, in Sterlo's era, I've grown to, you know, watch replays and, uh, you know, watch all their highlights and, um, you know, I've grown, I suppose, grown up uh, watching, re-watching their careers. Yeah. Um and you know they've obviously come into the favourite players um, realm as well. But uh, back in the day, it was Sturlo, and I've had the privilege of interviewing Sturlo and Hindy and Ray Price and Steve Eller and Mick Cronin. Uh, sorry, I haven't done Mick Cronin yet. I have to go down to Jerry Gong. Um, Steve Eller, Brett Kenny, so Eric Grove. Um, so yeah, all these guys I've had the privilege of interviewing, and you know some uh, we've got a pretty good connection now. Yeah, in terms of back back then and and watching the the games as a fan growing up, was there a game that sort of you remember watching, thinking, I actually love this club. This is why I really want to follow this club. And obviously, people who listen go, you know, it's easy. You just started following '86. It's the grand final win. But was there a game even before that, or maybe afterwards, where the passion really became evolved for you, and you were like, nah, this is this is my club. Ah, uh, look, there's there's not really one that stands out to be to be honest. Um, is as going for Parramatta after '86 is some pretty lean times. Um, there's probably always the the little wins against Penrith is probably yeah. probably good that that were few and far between. Probably that. Um, early 90s period against the Broncos where we sort of had the, the wood on the Broncos. Yeah. Um, when we ruined the opening of their stadium up there, um, when they were building Suncorp, they moved to ANZ Stadium up in Brisbane. Um, and uh, I think it was 12-4, I think it was. Um, so that, that game stands out as well. And, yeah. um, and then the next year, I think we had a, draw against them or we may have even beaten them again so we had we had a little bit of a um good time against them um considering they were up the top and had all internationals in their team and and we were struggling at that time there's also the the win against great britain as well um in 92 the touring side one game that also I remember standing out for me was Brett Kenny's last game at Parramatta Stadium. Um, that was that was a great memory. I, I think it was a Friday night game. Um, I think the club organised all like you know the cardboard Brett Kenny masks and yeah, uh, yeah no nah, that that one stands out in those early days. So um, yeah, probably in the early days they probably those games stand out. Yeah, perfect. I think that Brett Kenny game was enough to make grown men cry, I believe. So um, saying goodbye to that absolute legend. 
I want to sort of now navigate a little bit into the the Paracave podcast and ask you a couple of questions about this. What made you go from a, a fan who I'm guessing was at a lot of the games knowing you and sitting there either on the hill or in the crowd at, at Para Stadium back then? And what made you go, you know what, I think it's a good idea to start this Paracave podcast? I was actually, uh, so the whole idea of it sort of came about, I was on a another podcast podcast. Uh, before this and sort of got a little bit of a taste of it um and then i i left that podcast and i thought well you know i I enjoy what i was doing there um and look i think i could probably give it a crack you know give it a go and um podcasting seemed to be the the thing that everybody was doing um at the time um and we've both seen how it's grown uh, over the last five, ten years, um, anybody who wants to do it can can do it, and I thought that at the time. So, um, had some help from a few people in terms of what to get, what equipment to get, what programs to use, um, all, all that sort of jazz, uh, which I'm very thankful for and very grateful for. Um, because they had podcasts themselves, so they knew what they, what they were doing and. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I have a a, rel- a relatively good um, uh, memory and, and mind and um, thoughts about the game of rugby league, um, and I just wanted to interview people. Yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll give it a crack, give it a go, and um, at the time that I started, a lot of people probably – uh, sort of, I, I probably made it a little bit easier. I knew a few people that I could get onto the show, yeah. um, which was good. Um, and then it's just as sort of my profile has sort of lifted a little bit. Uh, people know who I am, and that sort of Famous, yeah, man. come on, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I would go that far, but uh, yeah, they um yeah come on and they see who I've had on the show before and um the high caliber guests come on and the the other part also I'm sort of I, I've the last couple of years I've done like yeah yourself doing now with myself uh the the fan interviews um I was basically doing those as Parramatta based uh fans um that I knew and um because I just yeah love to hear the rugby league stories, but uh, these days I'm um, I'm slowly going to be opening it up to you know like yourself, so maybe a little bit of competition. I don't know, but oh, uh, yeah, yeah that, uh, friendly rivalry. Um, but yeah, open it up to all clubs and um, you know listen to their stories about supporting their team. Um, in the game of rugby league because not only will it bring back great memories for them, it'll also bring back great memories for me as well, no doubt. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And always like a bit of friendly competition. It's, <laughs> it's always good. There's a lot of people out there listening to podcasts, driving around. You can never have enough um, to listen to. I know I listen to probably three or four a day. So uh, yeah, the more well. they can get through, the better. So in terms of the, how long have you actually had the Paracade podcast for, for those who don't know? Yeah, so probably uh, three years now. So um, 2020 was my first episode. So, um, 
up to 124 this week. So, um, yeah, so May 2020 uh, started then. So it's been around for about three years and um, 124 episodes, looking to put more episodes on a week and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going well and we're really enjoying it. I think it's going really, really well. And I think as, as a listener and not even talking as someone who knows you, it's just it's good to see how far it's actually grown from being so small to basically being a fan. It's good to hear that story from being a fan on the hill and supporting a club to now being where you're at and, and it's going to be even further down the track. It's I think it provides a lot of inspiration and motivation for uh, fans out there to say, you know what, you can be a bit like it's hard work, and I bet if I've asked you the question, you I bet you get guests where you you're sort of crapping your pants a bit, thinking, "Oh, I don't know if I can I can do this one." Is has there been anyone that you've interviewed so far where you've had the the butterflies? Oh, look, to be honest, I get the butterflies with everyone. To be honest, um, yeah, because you don't you don't want to embarrass yourself, and um. Yeah, it, it can be nerve-wracking sometimes, the, the profile of the person, and you think, oh, okay, um, yeah, that probably that initial, um, like, phone call and, and when you start that podcast yeah. chat, that's probably the, the hardest part, but going through it, it's probably a little bit easier. Um, depends on the person as well. So, you know, someone like yourself we've got a great rapport with and, uh, you know, it's like with mates talking, so that makes it a lot easier. Um, and yeah, some of the stories that you hear um, make you really enjoy them, and uh, you finish the call and you think, "Yeah, I really enjoyed that chat." And then I guess the the more you do, like anything in life, repetition, it gets a lot easier and. Um, you know, even for me, three years later, uh, I used to take a break during uh, um, December, January. So then when you start back up and you think, oh, that first one's going to be a bit awkward to do yeah. because you haven't done it for two months. Yeah. Um, but once you get back into it, it's uh, a lot easier. Yeah, it gets it's just that flow-on effect after that. So 124 episodes or so. I'm going to let you have three where you can choose three. <laughs> That people who are list- watching or listening to this for the first time, I haven't checked out the Power Podcast. Can go there, search up for these episodes. What are the three you're choosing? Ah, oh, jeez, that's that's like picking your only child, isn't it? Or picking yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult. One. Um, it, it is a difficult one. Um, look, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say, um, obviously Heidi. Uh, he was the fiftieth episode, so. I was fortunate enough to do that at his cafe at Glenwood. So um, sit down face-to-face and do that one. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, He bought me a spot of lunch afterwards, so that was great on on your hindy. If you're in uh, Sydney, go to Glenwood and the tuck shop and get yourself a feed. Um, I was going to say Fletch wouldn't like that because he reckons (laughs) he keeps his wallet in his pocket. So. Yeah, well, I haven't had Fletch on the podcast yet, so I'm trying to get him on. But um, uh, so you know, maybe Heidi's got one over him for coming on the podcast rather than Fletch. So I think um, have to get started getting into it. If you see Fletch out in the street or, or talk to him or send him a message and let him know, Paracade Podcast need him. So yeah, it's all bombarding. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So Heidi's definitely one. Um, oh, look. 
put me on the spot. I'm trying to think now. Um, yeah, probably my highest rating one is probably Brett Kenny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's even, you know, I spoke to Paul Carriage. I mean, I really enjoyed talking to him as well. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fans bag him. Um, obviously for that 98 prelim final against the dogs, but yeah, you know, just to hear his words and his honesty about, yes, I, I, you know, I stuffed up. I didn't have the greatest game that day. And, um, you know, it cost me my career. Um, his honesty w- was great. Um, yeah, uh, just trying to think, to be honest. So, yeah, probably Brett Kenny, Heidi. Um, I'm trying to, I'll try and pick a, a non-Paramount player uh, because, obviously, they're always going to be the favourites, I guess. Um, um, Scotty Sattler, he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a really good boy. Um, that was really enjoyable. Uh, Robbie Beckett as well, the old Boom Boom Beckett from the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A recent uh, one I, I, I listened to as well, and this one, for, if people don't want to scroll too far, it's the Anthony Maroon one. I actually found that really uh, interesting, and he's obviously a lot of people will know him on the radio, Triple M, and big media person now when it comes to especially radio, and I really I found that one a really um, great listen, um, a bit of a lot of fun, a lot of great stories, as well as his sort of inside knowledge into the game and Really, really took a lot out of that that interview. I thought that was a really, really good one, and a, and a recent one as well for those who, um, are just wanting to sort of quickly get onto something. Yeah, that was only last week. So, um, yeah, and that that's an example of sort of having that great rapport and uh, feeling comfortable talking yeah. to him. And um, yeah, and you know he's a high profile South Sydney supporter, and he's also covers the game of rugby league with Triple M. So, um. Yeah, that's a, that was a pretty fun one uh, to do as well. Yeah. Now, I'll take you away from the podcast now. I know that you, you're too famous. You, you want to try <laughs> and get back to a bit of the fan on this video and, and podcast. Is I want to take you back to to last year. And I know as a Para fan, it was, it was a, a year where it just felt like it kept going up and up and, and the mountaintop was there and, and we saw that you, you've reached it. But you sort of didn't reach it in a way. The grand final that that lost to to the Panthers, and you're living in Penrith, so it would have been even harder and, and tougher to take. And you would have had it shoved in your face for a lot longer than a lot of para fans who could have just probably closed themselves in a room and, and cried for days. So, what? How were your emotions? I know the the year was a success, but in a way, it kind of wasn't as well because I think for the para club. They've got to that stage now where they can be in that mould of a top four club and they are wanting that success, especially after the, the squad that they had built coming into to last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, last year, as you said, probably was a, was a success. Um, it just didn't show success on the uh, history boards, uh, the premiership boards, um, to have – both the men's and the women's team in teams in grand finals. Um, that's a massive effort. I mean, I know that not every NRL club has a, a women's side, but um, still to have – it's the first time that it's happened uh, in the competition since the NRLW has been happening. So to have both of those sides in the grand final, that was a massive success. Um, you know, memberships were number one as well, I think, um, in the NRL 
Um, so there was a success that way. Um, the year sort of went, uh, again, it was like a roller coaster year. It was the ups and downs. And, um, you know, you have the loss against the Tigers and the loss against the Bulldogs and uh, teams that you're supposed to win. And then you just, you just scrape into the top four with the win against Melbourne on the, uh, in the last round. Uh, so you, you get would have the, loved you, you would have loved it in the storm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, especially to get that top four spot. Um, once that game had finished, once that game had finished and we are in the top four, then you just thought, you know, anything anything could happen. Mm. Um, you, you get two bites at the cherry. Um, not that you'd want two bites at the cherry, even though we were playing Penrith in the first round, I was confident that we were going to get them, um, considering that we had got them twice in the year uh, previous to the finals. A lot of people say, yeah, but the second game, Nathan was sent off. and mm. um, But that's football. Uh, we did we did break their home winning record at, at Blue Bet, so that was all right. Um, so I thought, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can get the Panthers. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't, but then um, got the got the Raiders at home in the final, in a final, and then um, a game against the Cowboys at prelim final. It was probably it was um, I was unfortunate, or well, not unfortunate, but I watched it at Paramount Leagues Club. Um, I wasn't able to get up to Townsville; too expensive. Um, I, up. Oh, absolutely. I do know people who did get up there, so they, they were quite lucky and um, uh, they enjoyed it. Uh, but, yeah, it would have been great to be up there. But even still, to be at Paramount Elite Club on that night and then it was probably one of the most emotional nights I've had uh, in a long time. Um, the club just went off um, and, and outside the streets just went off and... Um, it was massive. And then, um, yeah, the grand final, look, uh, 2001, I bored my eyes out when we lost. Uh, 2009, I probably, I was disappointed um, because we weren't expected to be there from eighth spot. So, um, and then I was even more disappointed the year after when we found out what happened. But, yeah, that's another story. But, um for this grand final, Penrith were just too good. Um, that I thought the first twenty minutes were probably, um, you know, sort of sort of matching it with them. Uh, Fifteen twenty minutes, and then um, they just had all the grand final experience and big game experience, and uh, sort of ran away with it. There it was what twenty two nil, I think, at uh, at one stage, and that that already won the game, and then. Yeah, so I, I was disappointed again. Um, uh, I suppose the older you get, the different you get when you lose a grand final. Um, but, yeah, this one was disappointing. Pretty much got back straight on the train from Homewalsh back to Parramatta and, uh, uh, yeah, there was hardly anyone at the Leeds Club. So um, it, was, it was quite... Um, like a ghost town. Uh, 
people slowly started coming back to Paranali stuff, so you could tell when the trains were coming back uh, from Homebush. Um, and then I actually stayed in Parramatta that night, and then um, I was going to catch a train home to, to Penrith, but then the Darling Wife said, oh, nah, it's all right, I'll come and get you. You can't come back. Because I, I had no other clothes except for Parramatta clothes, so um, she goes, nah, it's all right, I'll come and pick you up. So she yeah. goes, Picked me up, so that was all right. If you're walking around Penrith in those clothes the day after, I don't think it would have been pleasant for you. Yeah, not straight after the day after the grand final, anyway. So now the, the grand final's done, and I think it's sort of after that, the next week or two, it sort of starts setting in that a lot of key players are sort of leaving, uh, and a lot of players that have had an impact at the club for obviously over the last probably two, three years, and that starts setting in, I think, and you start. Is there was there a bit of a concern from from your point of view about what's coming this year at that time, or were you sort of excited, thinking we're going to get them next year? Yeah, well, going back to you, just briefly going back to your uh, previous question. Yeah, you probably do expect Parramatta to be a, a top four side year to year. Um, you're obviously going to have your standout side uh, every year, which is probably the last three, four years has been Penrith. Um, everyone always says Melbourne. You, you, you don't know what Melbourne's going to do. Um, we saw last year they finished fifth. So um, People say the Roosters as well, but you, you never know what they're going to do as well or what's going to happen to them as a couple of years ago when they got all those injuries, but they still made finals. So, yeah, I think Parramatta should be a top four side year to year. I mean, they've got the players on, on paper. Um, to this question, was I disappointed about the players leaving um, or concerned? Look, um, I probably was disappointed about Papali leaving, um, but I could probably understand why he left. Um and we probably know it was probably a – we don't oh, – I don't know for definitely what it was, but it was probably a money issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably getting a lot more money from the Tigers as what Parramatta were going to offer him. Um, and, you know, fans get disappointed about players leaving clubs for, for more money. Well, um, A, they don't really have – a lot of time in the game to make money. So they've got to look after themselves. Um, and also, too, clubs have got to watch out how much money they spend on players as well. Yeah. I think that was probably uh, Parramatta's downfall a few years ago where we did play a lot of uh, overs for a lot of players. Yeah. Um yeah, going back, we've seen the Anthony Watmos, the Chris Sandows, um, yeah, four and um, so over those years we've seen that happen. But I think we've cleaned that up a lot now. Um, I think we're probably pretty uh, good with our salary cap in terms of not paying those overs. So I, I could see why he left. I could see why Ray Stone left. Um, he was looking for an opportunity to play consistent first grade. Um, New Queensland life for his family, I guess, as well. Um, Murata Nekore, he wanted probably to go back to New Zealand. 
um, where he's from, say, I mean, you can't blame that. Um, and I think I heard him say uh, in an interview as well that he might have said that to Brad last year or the year before or something, that one day he wants to go back there. Yeah. So an opportunity came up for him. Um, Reid Marnie's a, a, a strange one, a different one. Um, yeah, really disappointed that he left, um, considering that he came from the Bulldogs who didn't want him, he came to Parramatta, uh, we made him what he was. And, again, it was probably a money issue. Uh, I don't know how much difference it was in terms of what the Bulldogs and Parramatta were offering. But, um, yeah, that, that, that one was probably the most disappointing one. Um, I would have liked to have seen him stay. Um, and the fact that he could stay with... Dylan and, um, you know, Dylan, Mitch, or Mitch is probably a little bit older now, but sort of that younger brigade, um, stay with those. So he, he was probably the most disappointing one. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, Parramatta is a development club. So uh, they will develop players that are worth for other clubs to go chasing for mm. um, and, and want. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I use probably Jack Murchie as an example, one of our new signings. He's come across from the New Zealand Warriors. Um, you know, pretty good, solid first grader. Um, you know, he does his job, does his tackles, does his job, Um but he's not he's not a superstar, and that was the same as Papa Lee when he turned up as well. He was a fringe first grade, well he he played first grade over at the Warriors, uh, but wasn't a superstar as well. He's he's come over to Parramatta, had great two cracking years, um, and yeah, the Tigers offered him a lot of money. So yeah, we are a development club and develop players into what they are and. You know, it just shows you that the amount of rep players that we had in the World Cup, um, the amount of state of origin players that we've had over the last few years as well. So, um, look, I think the replacements will probably be um, – we've lost a bit of talent, but I think the replacements are, you know, reasonably just as good. Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on with that. And I think from my point of view, I feel like – as a para fan, you'd be in this situation. If this situation was probably three years ago, you'd be a lot more worried than you are now. Because for mine, BA or, or Brad Arthur, if if he don't know the nickname, is has established himself for mine as one of those coaches that can develop and bring out the best in players now. Where maybe a few years ago he was still learning that trade and hadn't had the runs on the board, but now with a few years in a row of finals footy and always been around sort of that top four position and and beating those big teams each year when when it's needed, like Penrith and the Storm um, in the the round games. He's sort of got his name out there now for mine as, as one of those top sort of echelon coaches in the game. And I don't think Parramatta as a club have sort of had that leadership for quite some time. You probably heard the last one was Brian Smith um, and maybe Daniel Anderson for that little patch there in 09 when he was able to control uh, everything, really. Um Brad Arthur's come on and he's finally established himself for mine as that real top grade coach who 
as you said with Merch, he, he done the same with Papali'i. No one knew, everyone at the time, I remember when we signed Papali'i, why yeah. they signed Papali'i? What, what, what's this about? <laughs> After that first game against the Broncos a couple of years ago, everyone was saying, this is the best player we've ever signed. He's, he's a freak. So that's the sort of coach I think now Brad Arthur is. And I think that's what made it so hard for players like him and Marnie to leave. I know Marnie did it a lot earlier than Papali'i, but Probably he's one carried on for the whole year, basically. And yeah. I think he was told by the end, unfortunately, you just have to go. Like money-wise, we can't go anywhere near what, what you're needing. And I don't think he wanted to go. I don't think he'll ever – he might come out after his post-career and we'll hear the proper story. But as a, as sort of looking on the outside, looking in, I don't think he wanted to go. I think that was a, a really tough decision for him to make. And same as Marnie. Like Marnie's a type of player. Yeah. You see his passion on the field and – how many times he'll pump his chest and things like that. He must have. It, it would have killed him. I know the money is there and, and they'd need to look after themselves, but I just you just feel like those sorts of players, it kills them. That It's their last thing they want to do. Yeah, and then uh, making a grand final makes it even harder yeah. to lose because you, you get so close and then uh, you know you can get there. You want to have another crack at getting there. But if you leave, you may not get that other crack. Um, well, Penrith's a prime example of that. They they lost their first grand final three years ago, and then that they, they came back, and now they've won two. You sort of, I don't think you necessarily have to, but if you do lose one you know, as a playing group, they probably sat there, the players that were staying, going, "This is us next year." Like watch the the celebrations, let it eat into you and fire you up because this is what we need to make sure is happening next year. But it's us. And they're watching us next year. So, as a player, I reckon it would it would it'd be hard to watch now. You're not part of that in a way because it's sort of it was like a, you started this because Paramount have been doing some building for this, as you'd know, for at least two to three yeah. years. I feel like this has been yeah. the pipeline to do and to not be there to finish it. I feel like would burn a little bit. So, in in terms of saying that, what's your expectations for this year for 2023? There is. I guess slight concern with some players leaving, as we've just discussed, but there has been some talent signed and brought into the club uh, in similar positions that we've had in the past. Where Where is your expectation this year? Yeah, well, I mean, well, definitely finals. Uh, that That's the expectation. But I, as we said before, I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, top four is, is the expectation. Um we can, as you said, we can beat those big teams during the regular season. Um, Penrith and, and Melbourne, and uh, we've beaten the Roosters before as well. Uh, we just need to consistent have consistency, I think. Um, like, we wouldn't have scraped into the – Parramatta wouldn't have scraped into the top four last year if they beat the Bulldogs, if they mm. beat the – Beat the Tigers. Um, the the Rabbitohs loss at Accord was another terrible loss. I think that was Latrell's return game, I think. Um, yeah. So those three losses, um, that they probably really hurt us and probably shouldn't have scraped into the top four. So to this year, yeah, we've got some um, exciting recruits. I mean, a lot of people... Um, uh, uh, bagging Josh Hodgson as as a signing, um, 
because of his age and the fact that he hasn't played for probably what eighteen months, something like that. Yeah. Um. Or since round one last year. Yeah. Um, about Thirty minutes or something. So. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I see him replacing Reed as as a good thing because he's got the experience. He's played internationals. Mm. He's played in a grand final. Um, yeah, a few years ago it was probably Cameron Smith number one, and then Josh Hodgson number two is the best hookers in the game. So, um, and having eighteen months out of the game, potentially that could further his career. Maybe uh, might make him fresher. Um, he's looking strong. <laughs> he's looking strong. Yeah, uh, I think he's come out and said that they were, those photos were photoshopped, but, geez, uh, the guns on him, it was, uh, yeah. no, it was I've challenging. Seen, I've seen challenging other photos. And I don't think he, you can photoshop that that many times because I've seen others and he definitely looks like he's been putting in the work, which I think is, is a good leading to the next question for you. And that's a play to look out for this year and it could be for, for many reasons. It could be a young gun that you like the look of coming through the grades or it could be an established star that, you feel like this is their year to really stand up for. Which player do you feel like is the player to look out for? Okay, so we all saw Dylan Brown have a breakout year last year. Um, Sean Lane had an amazing season last year. I think they'll probably be still the same um, and consistent in their performances. Um, I think the one person that everyone's been talking about and – um, it's probably been a, a great signing is Jermaine Hopgood. Um, mm. Everyone's got huge wraps on him. Um, he's come from Penrith, so he's come from that Penrith system. He was the New South Wales Cup Player of the Year last year, uh, player in the grand final in the, uh, what do they call it, the Interstate Challenge. Um, Big signing. I know, I know for a fact Penrith didn't want to lose him, so it's, yeah. a, it's a big signing. Yeah, definitely. He's playing in the Indigenous game this weekend. So, um, and he'll probably get the, uh, with Ryan Madison suspended for three weeks, he'll probably get that, that probably his spot uh, for three weeks. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him play. Um, and probably also, too, probably they, they were both out last year with injury, but. Probably Sean Russell and Hayes Dunster as well. Um, just to see how they've had, they had major injuries last year, just to see how they can return um, back to the top grade. So um, it'll be exciting to see how they go as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, if I gave you $100 and Dan <laughs> responsibly please everyone out there that listen to this, do not hold us to this. I want you to let me know where Paris finishing the regular season, and then if it includes finals, where they go finals wise. What what's your your head and heart? So, I mean, your heart probably wants to say something that your head doesn't want to say, or it could be for once both together. What where are we at? Ah, jeez. I mean, that's that's always such a hard question because everyone wants to win the comp every year. Um, They're going to win whether... money off a hundred dollars though. <laughs> Oh, okay. So to to win a hundred, um, we'll put a hundred bet on. Uh look, um, look. I think a realistic probably position is probably fifth. 
Okay. I'd say. Um, again, I think there's a few teams that might just be a little bit higher than than Parramatta, so they're going to have to do it tough to get into that four. So maybe maybe fifth. Uh, we got over the week to Hoodoo last year uh, of Um Look, I think it's such a tough competition. I think a prelim final would probably be a a realistic yeah. goal, I guess. Um, we've just been such a tough competition and um, so many teams out there that can actually win it. So... I think finish fifth, get to the prelim final, and then anything can happen. That's right, go for it. The Cowboys up in Townsville, and all told, there was no chance of that happening. So you don't know. A couple of fan questions have come in now, just to sort of oh, this will be interesting to the video, and be interesting how we go. I think there's a couple that are, um, like to have a bit of a laugh, but there are also some very, very good questions in here. So okay. The first no one: When will we see Para win the comp? And I know you want to say this year. When do you reckon we're going to see the mighty? Uh, yeah, look, uh, it will be in the next four years. Okay. I'll How's that? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm going to say this year, but it'll be in the next four years. Now, the ne- the next question, it's a, it's something that's sort of dragged on now, and it, it is, and I can personally say it, it's starting to become a bit annoying in a way. When will Moses re-sign? And the, the other parts of this question, which I've sort of added on, I won't let the viewer take credit for this one. Do you actually want to keep him? And what I mean by this is that I know a lot of fans out there for different clubs and that when this happens, it can actually turn a bit negative for the player and it can actually start to lead the fan group to saying, we don't want him anymore. Like, just go then. If you're obviously not passionate enough about the club and you're dragging this on, then don't worry. I know at the moment there's all the CBA going on, so there could be a legit reason why it, it is taking a little bit longer to finalise salary caps, things like that. But do you want to keep Moses? And if so, or if not, what, why? Well, I think if we're going to win the comp in the next four years, we need to keep him. Yep. Um, just with that combination that he has with Dylan Brown. Um, and I think now that we've also re-signed... Uh, Gutho for a few more years, um, Hodgson for a couple of years, but we've also got RCG and Junior Paolo as well for extended period of time, and just the other day with Perasini as well. So we're slowly keeping the nucleus of the team, and Dylan Brown's on that strange nine-year contract or eight-year yeah. contract, whatever it is. So we didn't be good to go through that because that takes some time. <laughs> yeah. So um, yes, I would keep him for that reason. Um, has he signed already? Uh, I've been telling people that, and don't quote me on this, I, I don't know, um, but I've been telling people that I, I reckon he's actually already signed. Okay. Um, and they're just waiting for the right moment to to, to announce it. Um, you're right, there is a lot of um, player unrest at the moment and they're trying to sort out that, uh, player agreement with the NRL, so maybe that might have a little bit to do with it. Although we have just recently seen, um, as I said, Will Penasini sign, mm. Dylan Brown sign as well. So if they if those two have signed, well then yeah, has Mitch signed? I 
yeah, I think he has. And we all saw with Dylan Brown's signing, yeah, the same sort of questions. When is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? All this and that, and um, and then it, he he did sign, and we knew about it. I, I think he's, I think he has signed, and probably wait for the right moment, whether that's in um, three weeks' time at Combank Stadium, round one, maybe with the world watching. Who knows? Look out! He's already made <laughs> his, his home scoring in the corner the first first week there, so he loves the place. It might be the case. They might want to do a little. Or maybe a preseason gift to the fans out there that are, that are eagerly waiting yeah. for this news. Yeah. I know a lot, a lot are, and um, I just yeah, as a para fan, you just hope it, it hurries up and does get solved. Um, either way, so that way the club can move on and look for the next target, or they can build. And he's obviously the player they want to build around with, with Dill Brown in the halves as well. Last fan question for you, and this is a bit of a. A funny one. I reckon you could probably guess who this is from. Do you wear Paramerge every day? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably you do know who said that one true. <laughs> and um, well, the answer is probably yes. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, it, as I said before, even living in Penrith, I'll, I'll wear it around, and um, it's probably because I've got so much of it. To be honest, I don't really have much anything else to. To wear, but um, yeah, that's um, it's either it's either Parramatta stuff or it's probably you know, cold chisel shirt or ACDC or something like that. Uh, the band shirts, but um, yeah, no, definitely, and um, yeah, no, definitely wear Parramatta stuff, uh, pretty much everywhere. You know, you've got to be loud and proud of your team, especially in Penrith, and um, yeah. Thank you, Amanda, for sending that. <laughs> I was going to say the one who gave you the the question knows the answer without even asking. So, she, I think she just wanted everyone out there to know that you do and um, <laughs> look out. So, I think it's great to be passionate, though, and I've, I think everyone knows as well now. Um, they've seen you around and you've done all your morning TV shows and, as I said, celebrity <laughs> status, which you don't want to admit to, but yeah, massively. I, I think for you. You're a passionate fan, which is great to see, but you're also not biased. You're also very honest with everything that you see. And I think I love that about the fans that are like that. And um, I think there's a realism there that you really appreciate. And I think a lot of fans appreciate. And I think that's why you can do things like walk around, say, Penrith in your para gear. And you, you do probably cop a little bit at times, but you'll probably get respected as well because – a lot of the community, as I said, do do want to know you and, and know what you stand for, and it's great to see. So um, I really appreciate out there that what you do and the fact that even after a grand final loss, the next day you're in your paragee. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, uh, no, thank you for that, Joel. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, it's actually quite funny that my favourite game of the year is Penrith and Parramatta at, at Penrith. And when you're walking home from the ground and – you're in your Parramatta stuff and you get, uh, yeah, heckled, heckled, yeah, heckled um, by Penrith fans, you know, saying, oh, yeah, go back to Parramatta, go on, go away, go back to Parramatta. Uh, it's funny, you just point out, oh, I only live five minutes away, so, <laughs> yeah. oh, what are you wearing that crap for? It's like, oh, well, what are you wearing that crap for? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um Amanda actually has pointed out a few older Parramatta supporters in, in Penrith and uh, 
uh, in Parramatta gear everywhere they go. There's actually a Parramatta car that goes around um, Penrith. It's in blue and gold and it's got, you know, uh, jerseys over the top of the seats. Oh. Uh, she she reckons that's going to be me and when I'm, yeah, old, old and I'm gray. surprised it's not you already. I'm surprised <laughs> that there's nothing that isn't para um, merchandised around your, your place or your cars. So now the last thing we do on this uh, new podcast that we do a new series i'm going to allow you to ask me one question so that way anything that that you you want to know or anything uh mm. you're allowed to ask and i get out there so let you start let you fire away i'm just trying to think of what i asked you on the podcast a few months ago yeah and, hope I, and hope I don't ask that one again um Ah, oh, okay. Um, uh, oh, jeez. Put me on the spot with that one. Put you on the spot with this one. I've, it's a... Go, so, go, of, go, of, of you personally or, or rugby league-wise? or Anything. Okay. Um, okay, so you've got an open checkbook. Don't worry about a salary cap. Yep. Who is the one player... Past or present that you signed for Parramatta and why? Uh, Jonathan Thurston comes to mind straight away, and I think just because, and this is nothing on on Moses. If he does resign, I love him for it. Fantastic, but I feel like maybe in the last year or two he wasn't quite there mentally, and I think his game got away from him a little bit, and I think has cost us at times just because he. And we've heard the players say that he's so big on this playing group, his attitude and in-game awareness impacts the team so much where I think if we had, say, Thurston, even last year, or the year before, I think we'd go ahead and, and win the comp personally. And I feel like if he had someone like Thurston who just controls things so well around the gutho and, and deals ground, all he has to do then is worry about running, really, and putting lane in holes, which he does easily anyway. Imagine yeah. Thurston being on there in his prime, being able to just run the show. I feel like that's the missing ingredient because we've got the forward pack. We've had the forward pack now for a yeah. number of years. And any playmaker, and Thurston said it in plenty of podcasts he talks about, he says he, as long as you've got the forwards, you can do the rest. You can have no-name backs, to be honest. And I think we've seen Bennett in the past do that. He'll have no-name back line and just have big forwards that, that know what to do. And the halves are your main money makers. And we, I think that's Parramatta. I think at one stage as well, and I think Thurston's come out and said this, we were trying to sign him. And we actually got kind of close to getting him in at one stage, but he thought, no, no, I'll stay with the Cowboys. But, yeah, for mine, it, it's definitely Jonathan Thurston. He must have thought that when he uh, drove down the M4 to Penrith because I think he checked them, <laughs> checked them out as well. So maybe it was Parramatta, Penrith. But, uh, yeah, no, good answer. I always say um, would have loved to have seen Brad Fittler. At, at yeah. Parramatta, um, yeah, there was talk of that one day as well, but uh, yeah, and then just and then just recently there was um, Quay Cooper coming out and saying he might have been at Parramatta. So yeah, well, I think if if Fittler plays in 01, I think there's no questions asked. We win the comp, so that's sort of a bit of a kick in the guts as you just think of those moments. And, <laughs> um, it is that's what it. it is. I think there, Troy. I think that's that's a perfect way to to end this first episode of this new series that we've got really for the fans. And as I said, and I'll say it again, really appreciate you coming on and 
talking about not just your podcast, but also your love for your club being the Parramatta Reels and not being shy to to talk about it and, and show your passion, which I think this game is all about. It's all about your passion and, and your, your Parramatta colours and, and your team's colours. It's really good to see. I'll let you one more go and really plug your podcasts and plug um, your sponsors as well, which I know do a great job for your podcast. Yeah, thanks, Joel. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. I uh, really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, no, it's, as I said before, it's a great job that you're doing as well, uh, talking to the fans of Rugby League because without the fans, you don't have a game. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, the Paracade podcast comes out on uh, Monday mornings, usually at 6 o'clock. Um, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Um, so yeah, it ranges from ex players hoping to get some current players on there, um, and and fans of rugby league, uh, some high, hopefully some high profile fans of rugby league as well. Talk about their teams, so some interviews there, um, and yeah, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, um. You can even click the little uh, that way, the little uh, QR code there if you want. That can take you to wherever you want to go to um, on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, so I've had some magni- or oh, I get some magnificent help uh, from great sponsors of the podcast. Uh, the major sponsor, Jack's Pale Ale from Parramatta Leagues Club. Uh, it's a great. Uh, Great drop. I know you've had one when you've been at Parramatta Leagues Club, and I generally that's my match day beer um, at the Leagues. Um, uh, Shannon Cooney from the Merrick Property Group, great real estate agent. Bo Bo Cook from Loan Market Penrith, great mortgage broker. The Stubby Club, uh, Brightside uh, Details and Ceramics. So if you want your car detail, contact them. Um, media partner Parramatta Times and also uh new clothing sponsor as well, BTZD. So Ooh. um yeah, so hopefully maybe I, I'm not a hundred percent sure when, but hopefully there might be some some sort of merchandise coming out later in the year as well. So I'm not too sure when and and uh yeah, but uh hopefully there's some merchandise coming out. So keep your eye out for that one and um yeah really thank you for the opportunity. No worries at all. And just fans out there that are watching our one, I know you've been absolutely bombarded with Paracay podcasts, League of Interest as well. We're out there. We've got our podcasts on all your your favourite uh, ways to listen to your podcasts. I know Spotify is a big one for our uh, our ratings so far. We've got YouTube, we've got Facebook, uh, and we've got Instagram as well. All just type in League of Inches and it will find you. Uh, thank you once again, guys. Enjoy. And please let me know, give us some feedback and and give both pages a follow. It's muchly appreciated. Thank you.